So the Title IX investigation and the hearing surrounding the actions of one former Michigan State head football coach, Mel Tucker, starts today. What does it mean? What are we looking at? Because now a new treasure trove of correspondence between Brenda Tracy and folks on her side of things has been released by Mel Tucker's legal team. And Mel Tucker not even at the hearing today. He says that he's dealing with a medical, a serious medical situation and that he won't be there. Brenda Tracy by all counts, is and is willing to answer questions from Mel Tucker's attorneys. So where are we? St- where do we stand with this? That's where we call on Courtney Nichols, an attorney with Plunkett Cooney, and she joins us this afternoon on JR Afternoon. Courtney, good to have you. Thanks, Chris, for having me. It's my pleasure. So I, I, let, let's start with the, the, the new news today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Tucker's legal team sent out uh, a 25-page uh, report uh, detailing what they say is the the consensual relationship between Mel Tucker and Brenda Tracy. Um, Did you happen to see that, and and what did you make of it? I did. I did. Ultimately, I do not think that it's going to have an impact on the decision that was made to terminate Mel Tucker's contract. When you look at the way that Michigan State set this up, the termination decision was not based on whether this relationship was consensual or not. It was not based on the potential motivations of Miss Tracy. It was based on what was characterized as, first, a material breach of the contract, and second, conduct that constitutes moral turpitude, or which, in the university's reasonable judgment, would tend to bring public disrepute, contempt, or ridicule upon the university. And when you look at the original termination letter that we saw that was published on September 18th, Ellen Holler's looking at undisputed facts. So they outline specific things that they've emphasized as undisputed, which is a a word that us lawyers love to use. (laughs) And when Mel originally responded to that letter via his attorney's communication, the university again responded and said, that does not change the undisputed facts. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a litany of excuses for inappropriate behavior and, in fact, expressly admits to the problematic conduct outlined in the notice. So now we have, in my opinion, additional information here that gets to whether this relationship was consensual and Miss Tracy's motivations in reporting it, but it doesn't it doesn't deny or refute the what the university has characterized to be admitted facts that justify its termination decision. Yeah, I think you're right, and, and I I don't know that we in this position now are are in a place to point fingers and say Brenda Tracy was mm-hmm. wrong or Brenda Tracy was right. I think you look at the moral turpitude clause of the contract, and, and I think that you look at whether or not the university had the 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 right or were, or were within their rights in terms of the the contract to to void it based on on the information that they had, and and whether it's I mean to me it it stops and starts with you had an inappropriate relationship with a school vendor. Uh, to me, that's where a lot of that starts and stops. But in terms of what we are going to see, or I, I suppose not what we're going to see, what we're going to hear come out of this Title IX uh, investigation in this hearing, what are they looking at? What, what kind of questions are being asked? And, and, and what is the, the potential outcome here? So 
this hearing is related to whether there's been a violation of the internal MSU policy, and that's prohibited conduct under the university's relationship, violence, and sexual misconduct, and Title IX policy. So it's what's we love acronyms in the legal community, RVSM, or Title IX, right? So the hearing officer is reviewing evidence to make a determination as to whether that policy has been violated, which is a separate question than whether there's a basis to terminate the contract. So the hearing officer can make credibility determinations. They can weigh the evidence that's presented. So my opinion is what's happening here is, is this is being provided such that Ms. Tracy's credibility is called into question. Because when you have he said, she said cases, a big question in those matters is the credibility of the witnesses and the truthfulness of the information they've provided to date. And in the USA Today report, for example, you can see where there were a few instances called out where it appeared that Mr. Tucker's statements were either inconsistent or not 100% in line with some of the other evidence that had been submitted. So now what we see is basically the shoes on the other foot. And his legal team is saying, well, wait a second, if we're going to make those claims, what about the instances where Ms. Tracy has provided inaccurate evidence or incomplete evidence or the the investigator did not review this evidence, which may call into question her motivations and her credibility, which could be a factor in the ultimate determination as to whether that conduct policy has been violated. Well, uh, uh, sure. And and I, I think to me, a lot of what Mel Tucker's legal team is doing is trying to salvage, if not all, at least a portion of the remaining money left on his contract. I mean, he, he stands to lose upwards of $80 million. Is that a fair read? Well, I, I think that the signals from the the first response from his legal team have, have hinted towards there's going to be litigation, right. right? I think one of the very first communications talked about, I'm confident that discovery will mm-hmm. reveal, and discovery is a litigation mechanism. So I think that, yes, part of the argument is going to be that the original report was flawed, and that went to USA Today, and that was published, and that's the reputational harm. Because, again, they have to tie this all back, not to there being a violation of the policy, because he's not being terminated for violating the Title IX policy or the RBSM policy. That determination has not been made yet. Right. He's being terminated for the material breach and the moral turpitude clause. So what the legal team, I believe, is likely doing is saying, well, wait a second, let's look at when the first domino fell. And the first domino is based on this original report, which was incomplete at best. That's their argument. And therefore, everything that came from it is tainted fruit, so to speak. Right. So I think we're going to have that type of argument, which is there's been a, a knee jerk reaction. And if we all would have taken a step back, maybe the outcome would have been different. My opinion is that MSU has been setting this up from day one to avoid that argument and has positioned this in a way such that the ultimate result of the hearing and the RVSM policy question is not dispositive relative to the termination of the contract and whether he recovers, you know, the 80 plus million dollars under that that document. I I think what's interesting here, you you mentioned it a moment ago, uh, either the untrue or Uh, misleading statements that Mel Tucker has given during the course of the investigation, which is over, right? This is the culmination of that investigation, today's uh, hearing, which starts today. Um, When you look at either where he was when this alleged incident happened or canceling another appearance for Brenda Tracy and her organization, um, likely or, or, or the argument can be made because of her spurning him, uh, 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 the advances that he had made on that particular phone call when he was down in Florida on a school-sponsored trip, um, it, it, it could 
that investigation have uncovered a quid pro quo? Is that something that they would have looked at? And and would we uh, is there a chance that we see the outcome of that investigation? Is that something that we'll see released to to the public or the media upon its conclusion? Yeah. So with regard to the quid pro quo, I do expect that that is something because that that is, uh, you know, an aspect when we look at sexual harassment or sexual misconduct and especially under Title IX. Um, you know, that that could include a quid pro quo relationship, which which is you either have to engage or submit to this sexual behavior in order to get something relative to your employment or your status as a vendor for the university. So my expectation would be that that would be something that would have been inquired into in the investigation. I believe that, you know, when we look at the USA Today report and the information that's been provided so far, there there certainly was an indication that text messages and things of that nature were requested and, and were uh, mm-hmm. sought to be reviewed by the investigator so that there was a full picture. In terms of there being a full-fledged disclosure of everything related to this, I would find that to be extremely unlikely, um, given the confidentiality concerns. Sure. Um, But again, you know, one of the things that's going to be relevant here is what happens in litigation, what type of protective orders are sought, um, you know, what the next steps are moving forward for from both Miss Tracy and and Mr. Tucker's perspective. It's going to be very interesting. Courtney Nichols with Plunkett Cooney. Thank you so much. Appreciate the insight. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We got to take a break. Uh, You want to weigh in on Mel Tucker, the immigration stuff, 800-859-0957. More next.